in the Jewish tradition, Yom Kippur is the uh, culmination of the high holy days that begin with Rosh Hashanah and cover the 10-day period that stretches from one to the other. Today is the eve of Yom Kippur. I've been saying Yom Kippur for years, and then the dictionary, the audio dictionary online tells me that's like the second or third preference for pronunciation, so I have to go back to saying Kippur. Um, Anyway, in that tradition, this is the last day that you have to make amends or correct wrongs that you've done before the book of life is sealed for another year. Uh, During the 10-day period, one must make amends to God for wrongs one has done against God, and one must go to other people and make amends to them for wrongs that have been done to them. Uh, Forgiveness must be sought directly from those that you have wronged because in the Jewish tradition, God isn't the one responsible for forgiving you for things that you've done to other people. Although apparently you're held responsible for those things, it's, uh, it's your job, not God's, which is different than the Christian tradition in which all that ask for forgiveness are granted it if they're in earnest and believe in the uh, redeeming quality of Jesus. Of course... It's still good to apologize if you're a Christian. To make restitution or reconciliation with uh, any place that it needs to be made. But it's not necessary in order to gain forgiveness or redemption. Reflexively, in Judaism, one is not expected to forgive another until they have come and made an apology to you. I suppose you can, but you don't have to if they've not apologized. It's not a bad thing to be mad at them still if they haven't apologized yet. And in Christianity, one is taught to forgive over and over and over and over again and to be merciful with others so that God will have mercy on you. In each of these traditions, one chooses to deal with wrongs to become reconciled with God or something external. And God is understood as something separate that possesses expectations for humans. In Islam, as in Christianity, God, Allah, is the most forgiving and is the original source of all forgiveness. Forgiveness often requires the repentance of those being forgiven and includes commitment not to do the same thing again. I promise I won't do it again. 
Then in Buddhism, the practice of forgiveness is something one cultivates a capacity for through spiritual discipline, and it's in order to help one's own spirit be more at peace. Those results are there for the other traditions as well, but they're not the expressed purpose of forgiveness the way that it is in Buddhism. Texts from a Buddhist monastery say, if we haven't forgiven, we keep creating an identity around pain. And that is what's reborn. That is what suffers. In Hinduism, too, the practice of asking forgiveness is very important. Here, it is for the purpose of setting one's karma right, which is also a personal gain. In the Hindu text, the Mahabharata, part of which is the Bhagavad Gita, forgiveness is called the one supreme peace. So many of the major world religions each promote the notion of acknowledging and addressing wrongs we've done, finding atonement, balancing our accounts. I've always liked breaking the word atonement down into syllables that really give it a different spin. And instead of atonement, looking at it as at-one-ment. Along with that, I think of the word S-I-N, sin, which in Spanish means without, sin. Um, I think the root of the word means to miss the mark. And so what, it, what that word initially stands for is not a wrongdoing, but a separation from something that's greater, something that is essential for joie de vivre. I know, too, well, I know that we've done a lot of forgiving. As Unitarian Universalists, we believe profoundly in the ideas of peace and responsibility. I know, too, that if there are those here who don't feel like they have any of those bags from Grudgeville that Miss Susan was toting around, you're a very rare person indeed. Either that or you're very good at fooling yourself.
Maybe those, those bags are stuffed with things we need to forgive ourselves for. Or maybe they're stuffed with things we've forgotten about, but they sit heavy with us anyway. There are things that people have done in this world that we cannot find any justifiable cause for. Malevolence we cannot comprehend. Truly, there is no excuse to be found. I was speaking earlier this week with a man many of us know and admire who was struggling with trying to understand how anyone could do some of the evil things that have been a part of this world. Holocausts and genocide, just for starters. I know he found such horrors not only unimaginable, but unforgivable. Perhaps once we get past reconciling all of our own lives, we would do well to puzzle with those kinds of incomprehensible circumstances. Not that we should ignore them before that. However, unless those atrocities are part of your personal experience, I don't think it's your job to do the forgiving. Not in the same way. If unthinkable things have been part of your life, and I know that's true for people, then it is absolutely essential to find your way beyond that burden. I don't pretend that it comes easily. I do know that eventually after the therapy and other courses of action we go through to try to cope with these things, it eventually... comes down to, to spiritual growth. And maybe many dark nights of the soul. But it'll take you there if you're willing to stop hurting yourself by holding on to those things. Not forget it, but gently and with discipline cultivate the love within your own heart to gain a different understanding. In your own time.
Because we have come to understand that the condition of our own spirits affects the world around us in very real ways, we must begin with our own demons. That may mean finding ways to forgive ourselves. It may also mean doing the hard work of moving to new understandings about the actions of others. Humans are the only animals that blush or need to. But I think maybe we are also the animals that are the slowest to forgive. I don't have first-hand experience with all animals, so I don't know that for a fact. But, but most of the critters I've been around forgive a whole lot faster than the people do. And I've also heard it said, if you argue for your limitations, they're yours. You get to keep them. And the more you argue for this is true because and, and I can't because or, or the, more, the truer it becomes. Telling the same stories the same way does not move us to new insight. But there are things that will and you can find them. if you're willing and have the courage. And you don't have to do it all at once. But there's proof all around us that it works. Wholeness is about healing the wounds we most tenaciously hold. We begin the reckoning with ourselves. Forgiveness for self is first, restoring the ease and comfort, the ease and comfort of personal integrity. And then forgive, forgiveness for others is next, shedding the burdens we carry that harm no one but ourselves. Anyone that's familiar with the recovery community knows about this process. But then and only then can we truly begin to heal the world around us. Lack of forgiveness for, I, for either separates us from our own spirit and the fullness of our own power, as well as whatever connection we might have with that which is greater, the mystery. And reconciling accounts, one balances one side against the other, and in reckoning, Recognition and acknowledgement for responsibility is what starts to balance our internal, internal scales with what we 
instinctively know that we are or can be. Life wants us to be happy. Life wants us to know joy. Now I'm going to ask you to participate in a very simple ritual of intention, if you will. Uh, First, if you'll pull out the colored slips that are in your orders of service. There are pencils in the pew backs, I believe. If you need pens, we have some. Um, You can raise your hand and somebody will bring you one. Does anybody need a writing utensil? On one of the slips of paper, if you can, write something that in in some way to you signifies a thing you think you might need to forgive yourself for. You don't have to be specific because you're the only one that's going to read it. And on the other one, if you will, write either something that signifies a person you have not yet forgiven or an action that you have not yet forgiven. Between now and when you walk out of the sanctuary, please give some thought to whether you're willing to work at being ready to forgive these things. If you are, I invite you to, there's a bowl out in the foyer on on a chalice table. If you'll tear them up and throw them in the bowl and actually say goodbye. It's just an act of intention. It's not a promise. It's just a first step. Maybe it'll be a catalyst for a little more freedom in your own skin, a little more joy in your life, or a little less clutter between your ears. Finding ways to continue letting wrongs go, to continue letting wrongs go, to make room in our lives and space in our hearts for more compassion and more love. 
This is another way to walk the walk of Unitarian Universalism and the values that we profess. It's the work you have already done that brought you thus far. Like I said, I know we've done a lot of forgiving. But the world is in such need of our care. And we can only give what we have. Every small instrument we employ to generate more profound and more genuine peace in our lives serves all that we touch. And if we would generate or create justice in the world, we must be just. 